0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org.
1: Oh, there we go. Go ahead. and. Okay, good. Um, so the guided meditation that I offered um, was somewhat different than I uh, usually do. And I, I in the last class, I had talked just very briefly at the end of the class around... The instructions in the Buddha's teaching on the four foundations of mindfulness I talked a little bit about the instruction that the Buddha gives to be attentive to the whole body while breathing and I said that I would offer a guided meditation on that, and so that's why I offered that, but I'd also like to explore it just a little bit more with you um, the the first of all, the language in the in the suttas is Something along the lines of breathing in, one is aware of the whole body. Breathing out, one is aware of the whole body. And there's a difference of opinion on terms of what whole body means. Um, Some people say it just means the whole body of breath from the beginning through the middle to the end of the in-breath, from the beginning through the middle to the end of the out-breath. So that you're aware just of the flow of the breath from its beginning to its end. And that, um, there are differences of opinion about this. And, and some people, having done research um, in through the suttas, have said, well, but it also kind of makes sense to explore what it actually means to actually be aware of the entirety of the body while breathing. And one of the um, reasons to think this is the instruction right before the um, exploration of breathing in and feeling the whole body is that the the Buddha suggests that you're aware when you're breathing in and the breath is long that you know that it's long and that when you're breathing in short that you know that it's short. And so to kind of track that, to track whether a breath is long or short, you already have to be paying attention to the whole, whole in and out length of the breath. And so some people feel that it's maybe kind of redundant to have that be the interpretation of being attentive to the whole body. So I have a teacher, Tanisaro Bhikkhu, who I've practiced mindfulness of breathing with, who teaches this exploration of the whole body while breathing. And it has become my um, form of meditation practice when I do breath meditation. I attend to this kind of broader experience of the body. And for me, I found it to be a very helpful and um, interesting exploration. And so I wanted to spend a little bit of time with you on this today. Um, So for myself, I find that the broader kind of experience... Some people, some people, some minds, minds will be different about this. And so if you found that to be really hard in the guided meditation, that's okay. You know, it's different minds. Your mind may be much more able to kind of land on one particular experience and be able to rest with that. My mind was not very easily able to do that and i found that this broader sense of the breath was much more congenial for my mind and so part of this exploration of offering different teachings around the mindfulness of breathing is to help you find what's most congenial for you and to to play with that and so I'm, today i'm exploring and offering this broader sense of the breath for me this broader sense of the breath you know and, and i can at this point it took a while to begin to have a sense of what it meant to have, to feel the breath through the limbs. But at this point, I can feel it pretty much through the entirety of the body, even as I'm speaking here. I don't even have to have the quiet quietness of mind to feel it through the body. And for me, that brings a broader, more relaxed attention to be paying attention to such a broad object, such a big object. When I'm paying attention to like right at the tip of my nostrils, my mind seems to just collapse down and it gets really tight and squeezed. And so for me, this broader sense of an object has been very helpful. So I want to ask you, how was it for you? What did you notice as we explored this? this broader sense of breathing. And the mics are out here, Dion, So, um, Anybody?
2: Uh, the f- I start, in guided meditations, I start thinking anyway because I'm listening. So there's some substance there that's already different from just my regular meditation yes. and silence and breathing. So there's some listening happening. And um, so the thinking starts when I'm listening. And the, the thoughts that came uh, were questions about, um, I've heard you say before, your, your body goes away when you meditate.
1: It can.
2: <laughs> well, your, your experience. It
1: can at times. Yeah, it doesn't always
2: So the question that came to to my mind was um, if your body was going away, at what stage would that be compared to uh, when you're breathing and feeling your whole body?
1: So um, there's different ways that the body can go away. And um, one of the first ways that people experience it is with the losing of the sense of the edges of the body or of the sense of the body having parts. or So it just kind of feels like there's sensation. So there's bodily sensation happening, but no sense of a thing, a, a thing in which it's happening. So that there's still the sensations going on, but not so much the... For me, it, it, I think what this results from is that letting go of the concept of the body, the idea of the body. And then there's just like sensation happening, kind of sensation floating in space. So that's one way in which the body disappears. And that, for me, is the most common way for me to experience the body disappearing is that the idea of the body disappears, but bodily sensation remains. And so the the sense of experiencing the whole body while breathing is more of a sense of the broader terrain of physical experience
2: while breathing. Okay, but if you're in your consciousness and you're having an experience of your consciousness and your body's settled, but you're listening to a guided meditation about the sensation of your full body, are you in your consciousness? And your well, body's still and quiet. Can, or Are you, you feeling can, those senses? You
1: can be in. It depends. I mean, it depends on your mind. You can be in various of those places. You can be in the conscious. Yeah, it can go back and forth. And part of the thing to explore there is just where is the where is the awareness connecting right now? And you don't need to change it. Just notice. Oh, the connection right now is happening to the listening. The connection right now is happening to the knowing. The connection right now is happening to the bodily experience. And just notice no right or wrong. No right or wrong. Absolutely not.
2: Your intention
1: is what's your intention when you're guiding us? Well, to just, when I, my, what's my intention when I'm guiding you is to offer um, um, an exploration. In that one, was to offer an exploration of. How does the body, um, how does the body um, receive the breathing? And can there be a sense of a broader uh, experience of the breath, not just in the nose or in the throat? And so that was my intention for that one, is to, to offer a broader experience of the um, sense of breath in the body. Um for, the, for different minds, as I said, for different minds, the guided meditation may impact them differently. And if you found yourself more in your consciousness, that's fine. <laughs> now the other, the, just to com- completely, more completely answer your question about the body disappearing, um, I've also had experiences, and I, I've not had the experience of the entire body sensation, or may have, but I don't remember it at the moment. <laughs> of entirety of body sensation vanishing, I've had the experience of portions of my body disappearing, where it actually— I mean, it's like I had to look at my legs and see if they were still there, because there there was absolutely no experience, no sensation coming. It was just just, sensation had ceased in that aspect of the body. And this would happen in various parts of the body. So because of that experience, I, I, I recognize the possibility when I have heard people talk about the complete cessation of bodily experience, where there's no sensation of body at all, that's also possible for that level of cessation of bodily experience. That's more, I think, more in concentration. That would happen in a very, very settled meditation. It's only happened for me on retreat, that kind of cessation of body. It happens every time. Does it? Uh-huh. So. Yeah, I found you pulling me back to the body. You guided me. Uh-huh. I found coming. coming. back into the body. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So other, other comments? Um, About the yeah, uh-huh.
0: oops.
1: Is the green light on?
3: Yes, now it is. Uh, I have a different experience completely. I I really appreciate having guided meditation every once in a while. I find that it it makes me more aware of patterns that I have when I'm meditating when it's silent that I don't recognize. And so, um it's kind of refreshing because I don't you just get in patterns where you're you don't realize that you're you know off thinking you know caught up in your hindrances and <laughs> uh-huh. and so uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. I find that it makes me more aware that I'm you know trailing off, and I'm not necessarily you know I can go for long stretches and not become aware when I'm meditating when it's silent and um and similar to you when i'm i've i've um, done different guided meditations um some focus like on really small temperature differences in the nostrils and and i i don't really enjoy those i I, for some reason it it makes me feel really i I get really intense and Mm -hmm. it makes it yeah i feel the same way like it's constricting and I have a hard time I get a lot of anxiety when I meditate <laughs> I've always had a, a challenge meditating that way so I think uh, what you're saying about full body breathing is definitely something that I also enjoy so I think
1: and, and was that possible for you Did, were you able to access that, yeah that
3: sense of the whole body yeah
1: it was I mm-hmm. thought it was
3: really nice it was a really nice change just to have that mixed into the practice I and think. you
1: could could you be what was the attention
3: like? Um, well, I felt a little more uh, like I was able to observe a little, a little bit better my, my mind in a different mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. just because, you know, when you, you kept pulling me back basically to like hear, you know, to my different parts of my body. And I felt like by the end of the meditation, I was sort of at a different place of just uh, relaxation mm-hmm. and peace. You know, different than when I'm just, a lot of the times when I'm meditating without that, you know, I'll I'll end and just just sitting there for the whole time is a challenge sometimes, Uh you know. So, uh, I don't necessarily end all the time at that level of, I guess, peace. So, Uh I really enjoyed it. Thank you. So, so for
1: your mind, it sounds like the the broader kind of um, experience may be a doorway in for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, People have different doorways yeah. into the practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're hearing some differences here. So this is great. I mean, what I want to do is to validate that whatever your natural way in is helpful, um, you know, that that's a good place for you to begin. And then, and then it, um, it's also helpful to explore the areas over time, as you find your attention settled, it's helpful to begin to explore. Okay, and so how can my attention stay this settled and begin to explore new terrain that I've not been able to explore? And so, for you, for instance, starting with this broader sense, you might then, after you get to a place of relaxation, and it can take a while. For me, you know, this level of of um, you know settling into the whole body can take. Quite a bit of time, and then when I'm able to do that, then I start exploring. And what would it mean to be a little bit more specifically attentive, and keep that relaxation, so that we then we start to explore, you know, different ways to pay attention, from that framework of okay, I know it's possible to be relaxed while I'm being mindful. How do I bring that to new areas of experience, and because it's it's a um, uh, the terrain of meditation um, is quite broad, and I've seen that it's really helpful to, um, to both be able to kind of just sit back and receive experience and to be able to direct experience, to be able to feel the body, to be able to explore the mind. All of it's really helpful. But finding your own doorway into a settled Practice, then don't just rest there. I mean, then you can start to use that as a foundation from which to explore more, um, more areas. But you don't, need to rush. <laughs> you don't need to rush to that either. You could spend a year really allowing yourself to settle and get really comfortable with, with this um, more broad attention.
0: Okay. Carla. Um, I found it very. I, I love body scan. I, uh, I guess uh, there was a moment that I felt was particularly powerful. I guess because I'm very visual when you when you mentioned the image of a candle. Um, that was a wonderful moment of unity. You know, from inside out, as if you're a candle and it's kind of yes. And so I think in general it's this feeling of accompaniment of the external and the internal environment. Uh huh. Um, so, so say a little m- uh, more about what you mean mm-hmm. there. So that it's, it's not just part by part. So all of a sudden there's oh, this... It was, com- it was ho- more whole. 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 Yes. Just okay. as a source of light, you know, you can't stop it. Yes. So I, th- I think that was a beautiful summary for me, just that image. Here's this light inside connecting with the outside as, as I am, you know, it's always going on. Um, but I felt it in a very visceral way at uh-huh. that moment that... Oh, I'm a candle, and it, <laughs> and it's inside and out, you know. Um, I, it's triggered also a memory for me. Two years ago, I participated in a breath study. There were flyers here for San Francisco State, and I, I I'm trying to make sense of it. Have you, I don't know if you heard about it. But, I didn't um, hear about it. It was it was a pretty powerful experience. Um, I went there, and all of a sudden, before I knew it, there's a um, sort of like used for. Uh, they put something in your mouth like like a snorkel, <laughs> and regulate how much air was com- was coming in, and you had to monitor you know, like a scale of one to four how much you were breathing. Um, I found it, and then they would put visual things on. You'd be after a while watching things. There was. Um, uh, an emo- emotional scene from a soap opera, there was a Lucille Ball comedy thing. Okay, so to see how that impacted the breath. Yeah, uh-huh. your breath. Uh-huh. And, um, so at the same time you know, you're know, you engaging with these flashes of various emotional images but you are also very focused on from a scale of one to four. Am I, am I breathing in a lot of air? Because it, it was being regulated and if that makes sense. Sometimes you'd get more air, sometimes... Just oh, so thinner. it was
1: providing the air for you. Yes. You weren't, it wasn't it wasn't um it wasn't how you were breathing and it was monitoring that. It was actually it was kind of yeah. like the, C, the 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 CPAP machine where it yes. actually so, breathes for you. And it that would oh, seem like it would be very
0: anxiety producing, like give me enough but uh-huh. I found the whole experience by the end, it was, you know, at least an hour of just being focused on how much is you know, and, and sometimes it was just a little bit. Um the facilitator was a very wonderful psychologist, thank goodness, because I'm sure <laughs> he had to be in a situation like this. And I left feeling really unusually relaxed. I had a, a stressful thing to do. Going to a veterinarian for me was a hard thing. And um, I, I made note wow, this was quite a guided body experience. I felt like I was underwater, you know, diving, but with a little Lucille ball thrown in. <laughs> you know, it's, it's
1: <laughs> concentration. You know, it's, you're, you're, yeah. you were for an hour yeah. really attuned to what your breath was doing pretty continuously, yeah. even though there was other things going on. Yeah. You know, you, you were kind of, because this was part of the study, like, were you writing things down or tracking um, things? Yeah, or? there
0: was a tracking, a, a very minimal amount, like one to five, you know, uh-huh. how much breath was going on for these various episodes. And so
1: how often did you do that? Was
0: pretty regularly.
1: Like once a minute or,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. yeah. So that's a, that's a, that's a pretty, um, you know, continual attention the breath and it gives you a sense of the possibility actually that you can be you can be attending to other things and be attentive to the breath and that's partly what my teacher Tanisaro Bhikkhu talks about is that the breath just can become a companion essentially and that it's um, you know, and and we begin to recognize. In this case, what I, I thought you were saying initially was to, that they were tracking based on various emotional experiences. Mm-hmm. How did the breathing change? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't that. But but that happens. Sure. You know, when you have various emotional experiences, the breathing does change. And yeah. so this is again, you know, a, the body mind feedback loop, very um, potent. And. Yeah. When there, you know, if you get, if you get um, excited, then the breathing changes. If you get relaxed, the breathing changes. If you get frustrated, the breathing changes. Mm-hmm. You know, you might find yourself holding your breath at times when um, you're trying to focus on something, you know. Yeah. So just, it, it's, uh, it's very interesting to see, you know, how does this body mind connection happen through the breathing?
0: Microcosm, a laboratory, but in a way, isn't it always? You
1: know. Yes, <laughs> it can. It can be our laboratory all the time. <laughs> Virginia,
4: uh, what I was wondering, as as we, or maybe thinking afterward, I'm not even sure. But what I what I was aware of was kind of this dissolving sense. I. I for me, what works best in, you know, in my own uh, time is is uh, an, a whole body kind of thing. So, uh, uh, but many times there were sensations outside the motorcycle, just mm-hmm. little small noises, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, you, it was just interesting that how a, your one's attention kind of goes from this floating place to uh, really. A, riveted on uh-huh. on whatever little rustle and then i wonder how it gets back you know it's was it your voice was it the, the images was it it's not clear to me how that transition happens it did uhhuh and that was very encouraging it's like oh it's it's not so horrible if
1: so. <laughs> but anyway so so that's a really interesting thing to notice first of all the the kind of uh, it's a habit of mind almost, you know, you're, you're in this broader space and then it's almost and it feels like awareness is very broad and expansive. And then suddenly a motorcycle goes by and it's like Phew! the attention just kind of collapses down onto that thing. And it's like, wow, you know, and that's a very normal um, function of the mind to do that. It's not that that's the wrong way to be attentive and this is the right way to be attentive. They're just different functions of the mind, different ways the mind can be attentive. And as you, um, you know, explore it, again, similar to what I was saying earlier, there's no right way to be mindful. What I was doing here was inclining you towards a broader awareness so that you could have that exploration. But what that did for you, helped you see, was that there's also this other kind, that it collapses at times, you know, that it goes from this broad to this riveted, and it's, I think there's some usefulness of that, you know, if you were standing out on the street, it would be very useful to have the attention, whoop, there's a motorcycle, okay, I need to pay attention here, um, So, you know, that 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 kind of function of mind that can do that is very helpful. And what we do in meditation, what I encourage in meditation, you may have a practice that you're exploring, for instance, a broad attention, or attending to the breathing, or, you know, some um, particular meta, for instance. You may be exploring some particular practice. And as other things happen, as a motorcycle goes by or as a strong bodily sensation appears, the attention is going to naturally notice those things if, um, if the mind is in, that, is in a state to be able to notice those things. There are times when the mind can get so focused that it's not going to hear sound. But most of the time in our daily meditations we don't get there. Some, some people have more facility for concentration and can get there in their daily lives, in their daily life meditations. Many of us don't have that kind of um, facility for concentration. So there's more this broad sense of picking up on many different experiences. So it's not, um, it's not that it's a problem. It's more just recognizing, oh, look at that. The mind just now picked up on the sound of a motorcycle. And then when the sound of the motorcycle vanishes, as it will, what's the next thing that the awareness picks up on? And you can, you can explore the meditation from that perspective of, of the, the, the attention just kind of collapsed down to the sound of the motorcycle, and then the motorcycle vanishes. And then you could just sit there and say, well, what's the next experience that's most clear? And it might be a broad sense of the breath or it might be another specific object. Or you could, at that point, then, incline your mind, incline the attention to one particular kind of awareness or another. So let me say a little bit more about that, explore that a little bit more. So I've just explored these different, this is just a, you know looking at awareness from two different perspectives, a broad attention, kind of a panoramic awareness, and the kind of focused awareness. Those are both very natural functions of mind, and from time to time, the mind will do those, just naturally. You're walking through your day, you know, you're walking down the street, and your mind is sometimes going to be paying attention to a broader sense of the street and what's around you, and from time to time, the attention will collapse down on something. If, if there's movement in your field of vision, if a, if, a, if a child kind of runs out in front of you, whew, your attention's gonna pop right down to that. So the, um, the attention will naturally move between those kinds of, different kinds of ways of paying attention. And we can at times choose how do I want to pay attention now so we've got we've got that the, 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 we 've got some agency over how our mind is paying attention it 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 is connected with the possibility of agency so there's certain aspects of our bodily experience that are not connected with agency necessarily, although some people may. You know, have more control than others. Like, um, you know, how our liver digests or, you know, does things. You know, we don't necessarily have that kind of agency over the body. The heartbeat is kind of more in between, you know, that much of the time we don't have control over the heartbeat. Um, But there is some, a little bit of feedback. And some people, I think, can have some, say, control over their heartbeat. Uh, and then there's like the breath, which can either be happening automatically or you can have some choice about how you breathe, as, as Carla, you know, <laughs> found in that experiment. So there's, um, there's this notion of having some control over certain aspects of our experience. And that's, I've just gone through some of the physical terrain there's also some say we have over our minds. Some will can come in around what our minds do. And how we pay attention is one of those areas. Now, that can also happen completely automatically, kind of like our breath. You know, It can happen completely on autopilot, that we just kind of let the mind do what it does. And... You know, much of the time, this is actually how we are navigating our lives, that we let our attention, you know, do what it does based on habits, based on um, conditioning. You know, the way that we've been conditioned has our um, attention, conditions how our attention takes in the world. So when we're not mindful... Generally, we're in this autopilot mode around what our attention is is paying attention to. When we become mindful, we have a choice, and we can either allow the attention to take in what it is naturally doing and just be aware of that, or we can choose to direct the attention. Choose, I'd like to be attentive to a broader sense of the breathing right now. I'd like to be attentive to sound right now. In this, The guided meditations tend to be seeding your mind with intention. So it is a prompting kind of to attend to specific things. So in this case, probably a part of how you came back was because of the guided meditation, the, the 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 guide the, my voice was inclining you to come into the body was kind of pulling you into the body, into this broader sense of the body. Now it can happen in different ways. So this is a very long answer to your question, but <laughs> but it can, it can it can happen in different ways if you're sitting in silence. So if you're sitting in silence and doing this kind of intentionally for yourself, moving to that broader sense of awareness. Um, and then you notice a sound, the dog barks, the neighbor's dog barks, and you notice how the attention kind of moves to that. Now, that's not a problem. That's just, oh, look at that. Look how the attention did that. The, The mind can be aware of how the attention changes, and that's perfectly valid mindfulness and very helpful mindfulness, actually, because if you can be attentive to, you're paying attention to the breathing, and then you can notice... Oh, look, the mind moved to paying attention to the dog barking. If you can notice that, then you're less likely to start thinking about the dog <laughs> and what the neighbor should do or shouldn't do about their dog. You know, so that if you can notice how the attention shifts and changes in the meditation like that, it helps keep the mind, the mind more present. So, so then once the dog has stopped barking or the motorcycle has gone by and that particular experience has vanished, then you have a choice at that point. You can either just rec- say, okay, well, what's the next thing that's obvious in my experience? Or, and it might be that the next thing that's obvious in your experience is the, um, the sense of your body sitting here. Or it might be that another sound becomes obvious. So you can do that kind of in a receptive way. What does the attention next pick up on? Or you can choose, okay, well, that sound has, has vanished. The mind is no longer quite so, you know, pulled to anything. If there's no particular pull to any experience, it can be helpful to say, well, what do I choose? What would I like to be attentive to right now? Maybe going back to the broad sense of breathing or you know, whatever you, your focus for your meditation was, moving to that. So there's, there's some choice you have in the matter there. Other questions or comments? Yeah, okay. Somebody
5: pass the mic over. Um, I've uh, listened to Tan Jeff's uh, uh, talk about uh, body scanning, and uh, he talks about uh, being aware of uh, breathing through the skin. Mm. Uh, and his uh, body scanning also involves being aware of uh, areas of the body that I find very difficult to be aware of, like the top of your head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he says, relax the top of your head. Uh, and, and I am able to uh, have uh, the sensation of breath awareness where there's movement.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Where there isn't movement, uh, there's no proprioceptive sense of anything. So it's, when I'm sitting, you know, it's, uh, for example, the top of my head or or my legs, because I'm not wiggling my toes, I'm not moving my toes, I really have no sensation there. Mm
4: -hmm.
5: And this gets to something that I'm not totally clear on, which is, is it a conceptual, sort of deliberate fabrication that you're trying to do? Or is it a effort to reach into a direct sensation? So so by that I mean like, you know, you we're talking about feeling your intestines. Well, you know, I can conceive of feeling what my intestines might feel like, but I don't really uh-huh. I don't really have access to the way my intestines feel.
1: Uh-huh.
5: Uh-huh. So that's the kind of the confusion that I had.
1: Yeah, you know, I understand. I mean, I, I, for I also, when I started meditation, had access to the sensation level of experience through movement and not so much um, other sensation. Um, that gets more sensitive as the mind gets quieter, gets more uh, attuned to the body. And I think part of it is that we so much... Um, relate to our body through concept. So the idea of the intestines or the idea of the top of the head. And concepts don't have feeling. I mean, concepts don't have physicality to them. So it's, it's hard to feel the idea of the intestines. You can have the idea of the intestines, but you can't have the, the physical feeling of the idea of the intestines. So, um, And, and we, tend to, we tend to relate to much of our experience through concepts, and that's a very strong training that we have cultivated through our lives, is relating to experience through concept. And it's very helpful. I, I want to say that it's really helpful to relate to experience through concept, because concept is the way we navigate the world. You know, we... This whole room is filled with concepts. <laughs> you know, from this perspective, the room is filled with with chairs, with carpet, with windows, with light, with people. The actual physical experience through the eye is simply of color and form. And you know, that that is that's not so easy, easily easy to access. The, the, the just look out here and just see color and form. Now again, in deeper states of meditation, I've had that kind of experience where I look out and it's just blotches of color and no sense of the concepts that are out there. It's just color and form. Um, and it's a very hard way to navigate the world. You know, it's not its not very easy to navigate the world like that. So, yeah, the fact that our mind very quickly moves to concept helps us to navigate the world. There is a level of experience below concept that can be felt. So, in that example, like with sight, it is possible to touch into through, um, and, and, you know, It's not something I I cultivate, really. I mean, it's just happened a few times that this, you know, seeing has kind of become like pixels on a TV screen or something, you know? It's just pattern. It's not things. And um, so it's just happened a few times. It's not something that I try to cultivate, but it, it really gives you a sense when that kind of experience happens that... I navigate my world through concept. I mean, it, it produces a very direct understanding of just how much concept comes into play as we navigate through the world. And the in the physical body, that's true as well. So there's the the, um, the physicality of the body, and then there is the concept of the body. And we very much relate to our bodies through concept. And as I said, you know, that there's not physicality in concept. So it's harder to experience physicality when we're relating through concept. And so this is um, part of the training and I think part of the the exploration in meditation is to begin to, to notice what can we be aware of physically. And we start To um, we start where we can, and for you, that's with movement, where the breath moves the body. And over time, as you just attune to that, as you get more sensitive to that aspect of experience, we can. it, It it does begin to broaden. So, for instance, for myself, I do feel in the heart, in the in the stomach, and in the intestines. As I'm guiding you to relax those areas, I feel a a, a noticeable shift. There's actually a physical shift in those areas. Very much like muscles relaxing. So there is is a level of accessibility to the sensation level inside the body. And likewise with the, um, the top of the head, you know, actually, and the front of the face. I think that there is actually some movement. I mean, if you... It's, it's subtle and at the base of the teeth. You know, just let's think of the places where there are sinus cavities. There's sinus cavities all through the front of the face, all at the base of the teeth. And when you breathe in, those sinuses get filled with air. There's movement of air into those sinuses. There's not movement of body, but there's pressure increasing in those areas and pressure decreasing in those areas. And that can be felt. So that's the next place to begin to possibly explore is areas. And, and I believe that's also true at the top of the head, that there may be some, some places where, because I feel it pretty clearly at the top of the head, um, the sense of, of breath. And now I don't think of it the way Tan Jeff talks about it, as if there's actually air going in and out there. For me, that's too conceptual. But I do have the sense when I breathe in that that breath is kind of expanding through the sinuses of the face, through the cavities of the body, and filling it, and then there's a sense of pressure that's, that's expanded there. So I have the actual physical experience of that. And then as a broader experience through the whole body, I don't know what it is, but I feel... As I breathe, I feel an energetic sense in my limbs of the breath. There's a subtle shifting sensation that happens there. My brain has to come up with some answer of what it is. And what I've come up with, in terms of the possibility of what it might be, is that as I breathe in, the processes of the body function and the oxygen is carried throughout the body. And that there can be possibly a physical experience through the body that is carried through the oxygen in the blood. I know that um, I can feel the blood in my body. Again, that's movement. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I'm, pre- I'm fairly sure that's what I feel at times, a kind of a subtle vibratory energy. And it, uh, at times it gets stronger, and then it's very correlated with my pulse, and that's why I'm att- attributing it to the blood through the body. So there's a lot of physical sensations that can be experienced at the direct level as the mind gets more and more attuned to experience. It does take a letting go of concept and just kind of being willing to meet, well, what's here? I wouldn't suggest, is, I mean, you could what, what you could simply do is just say, well, put your attention in that place where you think the top of your head is, and then just see what happens there. You know, what do you notice there? If you don't notice anything, don't worry about it. You know, just, from time to time, you might do this body scan kind of thing and just check in. What do I notice there? Is there anything? No, I don't particularly feel anything. But, but don't give up on it just because you don't feel anything now. Um, and see if you can come into a sensation level as opposed to an idea level. Because what may be happening is that there's kind of an image or a sense of the intestines or the top of your head, that, that you're thinking about the top of your head as opposed to feeling that area. So just as an exploration right now, and this will lead into what I'm going to talk about next week, which is actually the kind of elemental level of experience. It's the um, you know, that the sensation, the body the body receptors. The physical receptors are attuned to sensations of, you know, pressure, hardness. You know, so there's the, the, that kind of thing. There's also heat and coolness that it's attuned to and um, movement that those receptors are attuned to and moisture. So the, the physical body can take in the uh, things at, in those in that kind of elemental way. Vibration, tingling, heat, pressure, coolness, tightness, tension, um, hardness, softness, moisture, those kinds of sensations. And we can do an exploration of the body from that perspective. And that, that can help. That's one of, for me, that was, That was the exploration that really began to help me get below the level of concept, is to to just begin to say, well, what do I experience there? You know, what am I experiencing in this area? So we'll do that, we'll do more of that next time. Yeah, Arthur, somebody pass the mic over to Arthur.
6: I have, uh, I guess, one question, one comment. Um, I do Feldenkrais, and um, uh, we, I, I talk with the teacher a lot about everything in the body is connected. Every tissue in the body is, it's not like the intestine is just there, and you'd see it if you suddenly opened up your stomach. It's its covered with tissue. It's hard to find. Every every inch of the body is connected to every other inch of the body mm-hmm. by tissue and um, it seems like the most elemental thing uh, you know I experience it I, I'm starting to experience it, that there through movement so if i if you breathe and things move that movement is transferred it's really yes. subtle yes but, but I okay. actually can start to feel these things um through movement through movement Uh the movement Uh of it and in fact the top of the head has a muscle that goes from somewhere here to the back of the neck and you can kind of pull on it and feel it and you can feel it goes more easily in one direction than another and so forth that's just a comment uh this whole conversation is um this is really a question that it's I, it's really hard to formulate because I don't understand very well what I'm asking. Um, uh, process. Uh, um, so, like, we have all kinds of... This concept of self and process, you know, who we are is a lot of times hard to define, but a lot of what we do, we don't... Pay any attention to and the body just does it by itself mostly like breathing and the heart and digesting food and so forth we are this process um, so we're talking about um, <coughs> I've lost track of my thought here um, we're, we're talking about um, Being aware of uh, breath and 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 um, different functions going on in the body, how much of them can we actually be aware of? Um, uh, they go on by themselves, I think,
5: with no, or without. With, or with it. Yeah. Ma- many yeah. of them. Yeah, with or without it. And if
6: yeah. if if they didn't, we'd interfere with them. Uh, I, the other day I dropped something, uh, a negative that I was working on and the floor is really dusty and dirty and it was wet and if it fell. I, I wasn't thinking any of this, it just fell and I immediately grabbed it and grabbed it very gently and protected it and the whole thing happened in less than a second and I said to myself, how did I do that and where did the intelligence come from to, to, it to do it gracefully yes. without yes. damaging it uh-huh. and keep it from the fl- Yes.
1: Training, <laughs> training. <laughs> training, yeah,
6: yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, That's right.
1: Yeah. So training is how that happens, and um, and yes, in a way, you know, if you were to try, I mean, it's like you know, practicing the piano. This is a good. This is a good one to to think about about it. Like you know, it's like when you first start playing the piano, you have to think about it, right? You have to do it step by step. You have to learn what the notes on the sheet music are and how they relate to the piano. And you need to learn what they are and how you press them and what the chords look like. And then you can start to, you know, do it more broadly. And and then the fingers get more agile. And then it gets, I, I assume, I mean, I've not, But I played the piano a little bit, never to the place where... I could actually pick up a piece of music and just have it translated to my fingers. I always had to learn the music step by step. But from seeing other people, I see that it's, li- it's almost like when they see that chord, that, that set of stuff on the sheet music, it immediately translates to their fingers. You know, it doesn't have to go through all of this processing because of training. It's gone through that. And yes, we can't, um, it's, it's kind of like allowing those processes to work um, is what allows us to navigate our lives. And yet we can be aware. it's. it's it may not be like while you're doing, your, um, doing that, I mean, if you had consciously stopped and said, oh, let me be mindful of this, probably the program wouldn't have worked as well. <laughs> It is possible to be conscious of these programs, Um, to be, uh, I mean, there have been times, been times in my, again, on retreat, where I could kind of, where the mindfulness didn't have to interfere with what was unfolding. The mindfulness was just simply like a very light, um... suffuse, suffuseness through what was already happening. And, you know, I was on one that this was kind of, that it came through was I was rummaging in my suitcase. And just, you know, the body was doing its thing, rummaging, looking, the eyes were looking for what they were looking for. And And so there's this program going on that was doing that. And it wasn't like I was consciously thinking, oh, let me be mindful of touching and moving and looking. It wasn't that. It was just that the awareness was right there. The mindfulness was suffusing the body and mind and seeing all working together, doing their thing, and completely aware that it was all happening at the same time. It was it was quite amazing actually. I mean, it sounds like, you know, trivial, but it was it was as if, I mean, to put it into what you saw, it was as if you could you could see the whole process through which your mind went to catch that negative so gently. That was the kind of thing that it was. So it is possible to have that level of awareness where we simply it's simply that awareness is Present for what's happening, but not interfering with what's happening. And then there are times when it's really helpful for the consciousness of what's happening to make some choices. Like you know, if we're starting to do something that is unskillful, if the if the if the um, the, the mind becomes aware that we're starting to formulate a sentence to say that has a charge to it, then we can make some choices. So um, that level of awareness that's just kind of present, partly I think what seems to happen, at least in my experience, what seems to happen is that there's a visceral kind of feedback that starts to inform one that, tent, that, that like that craving is present you know, that, that wanting, that aversion, that needing something to happen, that wanting something to be some other way is, is coming up. There's a kind of a feeling that happens about that. And that the awareness notices that. It's like, oh, something to be, <laughs> something to be attentive to here. You know, what, what is it that I need to, to, to kind of be careful about? What is the mind starting to do? So the training of mindfulness is very similar to the training of any other thing. And I'll stop very shortly. Um, So initially, we have to kind of do the piano-like thing. We have to turn our attention to specific experience, get familiar with what it feels like to pay attention to the breath, get familiar with what it feels like to pay attention to our thoughts, our mind, get familiar with what it feels like to pay attention to emotions, and actually consciously do that work, and then As the mindfulness practice gains momentum, we don't have to do it so much anymore. And it is more that it's simply there. It's more like an abiding, more like a, a being in mindfulness than something we're actually having to do. For actually having to do it, yes, it's going to interfere with those automatic programs. And there's a point for it interfering with those automatic programs because many of those automatic programs get us into trouble. <laughs> so I'll stop now and we can continue next week. But thank you.